eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today here on this Tuesday. Thanks for being back with us. We are an Odyssey original podcast. You can also hear us on Sundays on the Bet radio station in Las Vegas, of course, part of the Odyssey family. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe to the podcast. Please do so wherever you get your audio. Just subscribe, put on the auto download, and you'll get us. Also, a hello to our YouTube viewers. Thank you for being with us there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel over there as well and hit the notifications button. Uh, I am back with my partner in crime. That is Mr. Maurice Moten. Mo, as we know him in these parts, he is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. You can catch his work there as well. He does a lot of Bleacher Report live on the app there. He will always let you know when those are coming up as well so that you can get in touch with Midtown Mo because... <laughs> it's Midtown that's right. So, yes, we have his own theme. So, Mo, uh, happy belated Easter. And more importantly, yesterday on Monday, it was your birthday. Happy birthday. You said it's number 37, correct? That's correct. Number 37. Although it doesn't feel like 37. A lot of people <laughs> say I look a lot younger than 37. I'll let the people listening and seeing me out there in YouTube land be the judge of that. But I'm just glad I'm just aging graceful not too many grades if you look closely my beard there are some there's some strands in there ah. but none on the none on the top of my head yet speaking of beards a funny comment so so uh last week i shaved just right before easter <laughs> right just because i need to to grow it in a little bit differently and so i shaved and somebody on youtube said oh my gosh scott you shaved you look like a cop <laughs> <laughs> And I'm always. I don't know if that's away. a compliment or not. I, I I'll take it as a compliment. I back the boys in blue, but I, I I'll tell you what. I I thought it was just funny. 
like it, you know, it wasn't like, dude, you look like an idiot or you, you're ugly or whatever, which, which could be comments on YouTube. As you know, YouTube comments can be way out there, but I thought it was just, I could do nothing but laugh. I was like, that's funny. Good for you. Good joke. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm growing it back in, not because of the comment. That's what I just do. But anyway, it's good to be back with you. Happy belated birthday, my friend. And again, happy Easter. I hope you had a great Easter weekend. And for those of you celebrating Passover last week, Hope you had a great weekend as well. All right, Mo, let's jump into Raiders football. We'll continue to do our march towards the draft again next week. We do. We know um, Brian Baldinger will be with us on the 20th. So right exactly a week before the draft, Baldy will be back here on Silver and Black today. We're going to go over the entire draft. That'll be kind of our kick into the draft show in the following week as well. But Mo, let's talk about quarterback because... You know, for a while there, the quarterback talk for the Raiders has cooled off because of the signing of Jimmy Garoppolo. They go out, they get Brian Hoyer. We talked about that last week here on the show. But you and I have talked about, listen, there's a guy, there's a couple guys that they'd be willing to get. Then we hear Todd McShay tell during his conference call to our good friend Q Myers over at Raider Nation Radio that uh, the Raiders have an interest in moving up in the draft to get a quarterback, but only for two guys. And I think those are the right two guys. I've been saying this for the longest that even though uh, Scott gave me a lot of crap for my Anthony Richardson <laughs> BR last year, a few, a few, a couple of weeks ago, my, my, I've always had the same stance that the only two quarterbacks, in my opinion, we're trading up for are Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is my QB one, Bryce yep. Young being my QB two because of the size <laughs> concerns there, but. Um, Todd McShay basically said that to our friend Q Myers, and and I, I believe it. Now, a lot of people will say it could be a smokescreen because you can't believe everything you hear this time of year when it pertains to teams' draft targets, and I agree with that. But it absolutely makes sense. Why would you not want to trade up for what most people, for who most people think are the top two quarterbacks in this year's class and Bryce Young and C.S. Charles? So I believe it. If one of those two guys drops to number three, I think the Raiders will, make a, will at least try to make a move with the Cardinals. Yeah, and, and not only the Cardinals, but but the key here, Mo, in talking about this, because people say, oh, what are you talking about? How are they going to get – because it's he, the, those two quarterbacks are going to go one and two. Mm-hmm. Well, we're now part of the chat again, and it's all rumor, and we're just guessing, and, and I know we have some listeners who only want to hear fact and say wait for the draft, but we're just talking about it because mm-hmm. this is what you do before the draft, mm-hmm. is there's some talk that the Texans might not be in love with either of those guys – so they could be very easily taking somebody else at number two, right? So so that's where you get a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. And it appears from everything we're hearing out of Carolina as well, Mo, that they are enamored with Bryce Young. Again, that could be gamesmanship. That could be Carolina just putting the scent off for whatever reason. Uh, and, and that could end up not being true, and they take C.J. Stroud number one. We don't know that. But that's what we're hearing out of Carolina from really credible people, too, not just a rumor mill around the Internet. These are from professional reporters who are insiders, not people just doing mock drafts. So that's where it gets interesting, Moe, if the Texans pass on Stroud or Young, the Raiders moving up to three could be the possibility the McShay statement saying that the Raiders are only interested in two quarterbacks, I think is partially true. And I will get to that uh, in a moment when the, in the next segment, as a matter of fact, when we talk about it a little bit more with this mock draft that came out the other day. Uh, but, but if the pa- Texans pass on Stroud, not only would the Raiders maybe want to move up, 
But other teams would too, Mo. So so it could be a very competitive game to get that Cardinal spot, which is great for the Cardinals, but it might be tough for even the Raiders to get up there uh, if their compensation is too high. I actually have two theories here. I'm going to share them, just go through them really quick. I, I actually think that the Panthers feel like the Houston Texans want Bryce Young, so they're they're putting out not that they're putting out these smoke signals, but I think that the rumors that they like Bryce Young maybe to try to tempt the Texans to move up to the number one because there were rumors mm-hmm. that the Texans were actually interested in moving up to the number one spot, which means they they may like one quarterback above all the rest. And if they like mm. Bryce Young more than all the rest and the Panthers like C.J. Stroud, the Panthers can get back some of those draft picks that they traded to the Bears to mm. move up to the number one spot. So they may be trying to get some draft capital back. And if the Texans really like Bryce Young, they can move down one spot and still get their guy at C.J. Stroud. The other theory I have, and a lot of mock drafts are now saying that the Texans may take Will Anderson, is C.J. Stroud and Deshaun Watson, I believe, have the same agent. Yeah. So people are speculating that there could be an issue with the agent and the Texans. Not to say that the agent is telling CJ Stroud not that to not to play for the Texans if they draft him, but they may not the Texans may not want to work with that agent again. Mm-hmm. And they may pass not not the, to the not to the point they, they'll pass on a generational quarterback if they feel CJ Stroud is that, but if they're lukewarm on CJ Stroud and they're not really on good terms with his agent, I could see them saying, well. We'll take Anthony Richardson or we'll take Will Anderson and take Will Levis at 12 if, if they right. think he's going to be available in that spot. So I think there is something to this, you know, buzz that maybe the Texans don't take a quarterback at number two and maybe the Panthers maybe move down to number two and the, and the Texans move up to number one. Well, and Mo, I like a lot of folks believe, and and I, I think Stroud's going to be a really good, and I think Bryce Young could be. I think Stroud more so will be a good NFL quarterback. But the Texans could also just be in the boat that a lot of people are in, which is either one of these guys is not a guy that you think you can really build your team around for the next 10 or 15 years, meaning he's not going to be a superstar franchise quarterback. If that's the case, too, the Texans may say, hey, listen, we got other we, the Texans got lots of needs, just like the Raiders do. But the Texans have them all over the place as well. They may just say, hey, look, we'll, we're, next year we're going to struggle, too, because we're going to build a young team chances are we're not going to win a lot. So we'll probably be in a position next year to get a quarterback in a much better class, by the way, especially in the first round. So they could be playing that game as well. Now, the other part here in the rest of this segment, as we talk about this, Mo, is Raider Nation, of course, very leery of talking about a quarterback in the first round with all those defensive needs. But to your point, Bryce Young's a little more polarizing, I think, than CJ Stroud, even though they both are. Uh, do you think Bryce Young for the Raiders, looking at his ability and where he's at, the questions with his size, is that a guy that you would also trade up if 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 Stroud goes one and Houston wants to trade out of two? Is that a guy you do with all the defensive needs you, the Raiders have on that side of the ball? I think for me, I, I would initially say yes, depending on what the asking price is. So let's mm-hmm. say Bryce Young is available at three and the Cardinals want to trade down. What do the Cardinals want? In return, because they they they're obviously aware that Bryce Young is looked at as one of the top two quarterbacks in this class, so they may up the price to move up to number three if, if that's the case. So, I would say that I would move up simply because I think Bryce Young could be a viable star in this league. He could be a Pro Bowl quarterback. 
my only question is again is his size will that affect his durability now people will say he he didn't miss much time or now i know he had a shoulder injury this past season at, at bama but they're saying his size hasn't affected him to a large scale up to this point so i get that but when you're playing 17 games with bigger adult players on the other side of the, on the other side of the <laughs> scrimmage it's a different ball game so you Big do boys. have to size does matter at the quarterback position now he yeah. moves so well outside of the pocket that you're not worried about him seeing over the offensive lineman because he does that so well mm-hmm. and he has that instinct in the pocket he has great pocket presence so that's not mm-hmm. a that's not a question for me but if the if the asking price isn't too high to answer your question yes i would move up for bryce Young. yeah and i look at it too a lot of people are are looking at kyler murray and trying to compare the two i think bryce young's a much better i mean not that kyler murray is any athlete to uh, not shake a stick at but the fact is that bryce young i think is a better quarterback has a better possibility of succeeding in the nfl even more so than kyler murray and so so I, i'm not as much on the on the bryce young bandwagon as i am on the cj stroud bandwagon but this remains a very big possibility because if the Raiders, again, it all, we don't know what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler think. If they think one of these two guys is the guy to help them compete in the AFC West against Mahomes, uh, against Herbert, uh, and against Russ in Denver, then you try to go get him. If the price isn't just absolutely bananas, but they did, again, Mo, we know they... They acquired more picks, I think, to give flexibility in this draft. I'll give you the last word before we hit the break. And that leads me to my short final point is that a lot of people were saying don't trade it for a quarterback because the Raiders have so many needs on the defensive side of the ball. And I would say this to those people that your number one priority as a GM or as a head coach is to find the quarterback of your future, that franchise guy that you're going to have in 10 to 15 years. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the injury, doesn't have the reliability because of his injury history to beat, in my opinion, a franchise quarterback. He's a, he's a bridge gap. He's a high-end bridge gap quarterback. If you can get your franchise guy for the next 10 to 15 years, you go get that guy. Because as bad as the Raiders have drafted, and we all know how bad the Raiders have, have drafted, they drafted two all-pro defensive player of the year caliber players in the last five years, not, not last nine years in Khalil Mack. And Max Crosby. I'm not saying those guys are easy to come by, but as bad as the Raiders have been at drafting, they've been able to get two guys at that caliber. How many quarterbacks have they had between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr? It's a lot harder to find your quarterback. So if you can get that guy, you get him. Absolutely. Very interesting discussion. We'll see. I know some Raider fans will be triggered by this discussion. They don't want anything to do with a quarterback in the first round. Uh, But we're here to talk about possibilities because, hey, it's out there. We'll have to see. We'll know in a couple weeks here as well. In fact, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little more about quarterback as well as wide receiver. Could Hunter Renfro be on the way out of Las Vegas again? That has popped up again. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at, which Mo and I don't usually do a lot of, we're going to look at one mock draft that came out from NFL.com that we want to talk about because it includes a quarterback, and it's a very interesting perspective and a very interesting possibility for the Raiders. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're with Mo and Scott here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the show, please do a favor for us. That's Mo. That's Scott. We are the host. Uh, wherever you get your audio, please hit subscribe and put on the auto download. That way you don't miss a show. A lot of great content coming up here pre-draft. Again, Brian Baldinger. Baldy will be back next week on the 20th to join Mo and I to talk all things pre-draft as we head into draft week that following week. All right, Mo, we are back. We're talking Raiders football. We're going to talk about first Hunter Renfro. The, the Raiders had Zay Flowers, of course, the talented wide receiver coming up in the draft. He's going to be a first rounder, best, best receiver available in the draft. Uh, came in, I know he visited New England, so on. Um, the Raiders had him visit. Now, I always say they bring players in all the time, due diligence. You want to know who they are and all that kind of stuff. Very, very, could very well be the case. But still, if the Raiders do, as we talked about in the first segment, for example, look to trade up to get the quarterback if he's available, or they look to trade, uh, do other compensation, move down, move up a few, whatever it is, um, they might be willing to part with guys to get more draft capital. Um, Hunter Renfro, when you see the Zay Flowers visit, and you hear all the conversation we've seen. You've seen the wide receivers the Raiders have brought in and signed, including uh, slot receivers. You name it. What do you think about this? Do we now think, is this just still same steady state, Mo? Watch what happens here because Hunter Renfro could be back or he might be on his way out depending on what the Raiders do in other spots. Hunter Renfro is an interesting discussion simply because the Raiders have brought in or brought back a bunch of wide receivers. They signed Jacoby Myers, who plays in the slot a lot, just like Hunter Renfro. They signed DeAndre Carter, who plays also plays in the slot, but he also could return kicks and punts, I believe. Uh, they re-signed Keelan Cole. They signed Philip Dorsett, who brings you some speed. Cam mm-hmm. Sims is another notable wide receiver they brought in. And then they talked to Zay Flowers. So to me, it, it I, I feel like Hunter Renfro, I wouldn't say he's on the trade block. But I think there's a possibility, especially if the Reds were, to, as you mentioned, move up to number three, that they could include Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. in a trade package. Now, I'm one of those people that says, don't trade Hunter Renfro. Um, as you many of you know, I'm a big Hunter Renfro guy. <laughs> He's been on this show yes. uh, last past few years. So we like Hunter Renfro, but we also have to be cognizant and understanding of the situation. As I said, the Reds brought in a bunch of wide receivers. They're still talking to wide receivers. So it's a possibility <laughs> that they could trade Hunter Renfro. And I think if they do trade him post June 1, I think they could save over $11 million. Yeah. So even if they don't trade him during the draft and they wait a while because they drafted a wide receiver, it could still happen after, in, in the summer before training camp. Yeah, I think that's what people need to realize, especially with this roster, is whether it's Hunter Renfro, whoever, is there will be and there can be trade action uh, once we get out of the dead period, once we get to to June and June first pops from from a from a from a contract perspective, so the Raiders can look on and you have to look at it and say, hey, you know Hunter Renfro, they gave him the deal, but at the same time with where they're going and now all the changes they need to make, 
whether it was a miscalculation or they didn't quite understand how much this team needed to be rebuilt, you start to look at pieces. You start to look to get guys that are closer to or on that rookie contract, or you try to use him as a chip to move up in the draft, as you mentioned. But I also think, too, that I know a lot of Raider fans that will bring in all these wide receivers. And I think depending on what you're going to do with the offense, depending on what kind of quarterback you do have, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, you know that. Um, you have to can you can never let up on offense because you have you have you have Devonte Adams because you have Josh Jacobs. That doesn't mean you don't get better and look for opportunities uh, to grow. I'm not saying they're going to take Zay Flowers. I think he'll be gone by the time they would have any chance of taking him. But they still want to understand the receiver class. They want to understand where he's at. And by the way, you don't know where he'll end up. Uh, it's also an opportunity for them to get to know the guy a little bit and for the case that they have to play him in the NFL. Yeah, so I think I think. Zay Flowers will wind up going in the in the twenties somewhere, maybe yeah. to the Giants, maybe to the Ravens. The Ravens, by the way, signed OBJ on on Sunday. Yes. So maybe they're they're focusing on adding more speed with OBJ. Now he's OBJ is coming off two torn ACLs, so maybe Zay Flowers could be in that same mode where they say, "Well, if OBJ struggles with more injuries. We have Zay Flowers." But I think by the time the Raiders get to their second picks, like you said, Zay Flowers will be off the board because I think he's a he's a bottom half first round pick. Absolutely. By the way, are all those Jets fans in your neighborhood upset? Because everybody had OBJ going to the Jets. Including myself. I thought actually he was supposed to um, meet with the Jets, but I guess the Ravens had an enticing offer that he couldn't turn down. And my, my curious thing about that is I, what is the status of Lamar Jackson? Because exactly. if you're OBJ, yes. if you're going, if you're signing with the Ravens, you have to be confident that they're going to settle their quarterback situation. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if that was also uh, a sign of goodwill towards Lamar Jackson from the Ravens to give him a receiver like OBJ. I know he's been out because of the injury since the Super Bowl, but uh, it's important, right? Because the Ravens have had issues with wide receivers. Of course, they had Brown, his best friend, who wanted to get out of there anyway because of the offense. But the offense is changing now. So whatever, whatever plan they sold OBJ uh, must have included uh, the fact that the new offense is in place and perhaps that their quarterback will come back. I'll say this. Maybe it's the money because they're offering mm. a, a one-year contract worth up to $18 million. I don't know many teams that will pay OBJ at his age coming off of two torn ACLs up to a contract worth up to $18 million. So maybe he just said, look, this is the best offer that I'm going to get. I'm just going to take yeah. it. Lots of incentives, I'm sure. All right. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about here, Mo, was we, we talk about the quarterback selection, what happens there, and how it all goes down. NFL.com, and I want to <clears throat> I want to put this up here on the screen. For those of you who are watching us on YouTube, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about here in just a second, is uh, this mock draft, which, again, I'm not a huge fan of the mock drafts. But in this case, um, I'm going to show everybody this. This was from um, Chad Reiter, Reiter over oh, at the NFL.com, four-round NFL mock draft, his, his, his next mock draft. What's interesting about it, and I'm, I'm scrolling down for those who are watching, of course, they have the Raiders sticking at number seven, and they have the Raiders taking Christian Gonzalez. Okay, got it. Makes sense. Uh, although, you know, we talked about who we like better in that spot, uh, and he was mm. not. Uh, he had Joey Porter going before in the draft. They had Anthony Richardson going number three to the Colts. Could happen. Would be crazy, but could happen. So they have the Raiders at number seven with Christian Gonzalez. But then... I'm scrolling down, so if I'm giving you uh, uh, motion sickness on YouTube, I apologize. Then you get to number 30. The Raiders, he has made, has him making a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, he doesn't give details on what this would take. 
of jumping into the 30 spot and then the Raiders at 30 drafting Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. There's been a lot of talk, Mo. I'm watching. I've been pretty silent on it. A lot of talk <laughs> in Raider Nation. I'm talking with fans, and I know fans are just projecting. And not only about Hendon Hooker. Number two is Hendon Hooker has been one of those guys with this, this slow period where we're all just talking to each other and making stuff up as far as mock drafts go. He's been a guy that's been elevating his image. A lot of talk, a lot of coverage on the networks about Hendon Hooker and that he might be one of he might have been the top three pick in the draft had he not hurt his knee. All that stuff has come up. So Reader has hit the Raiders trading back into the bottom of the first round and taking Hendon Hooker. First of all, give me your reaction to that possibility. I know you're a Hendon Hooker guy, and you've talked a lot about how you like Hendon Hooker, and, and a lot of fans of Raider Nation like Hendon Hooker, because every time I do a Raiders live stream show, people say, don't take a quarterback at seven, don't take a quarterback in the first round, take Hendon Hooker in the second. Now, in this scenario, Chad had the Raiders trading back up into the first round, kind of like how the Ravens traded up for Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. about five years ago. I don't like this move, simply because, one, you have... One, I'm not high on Hendon Hooker. And I made that, I've, I think I've made that clear on this show and other places that I have Hendon Hooker as my QB5, maybe. Mm. And again, I go back to my point of, of Tennessee's offense, the way it was run, you're not going to see that type of offense in the NFL. So I have my question marks there. It has nothing to do with age, because if you're getting Hendon Hooker in the first round, you're going to have that extra fifth year option anyway. So he'll have time. He'll have a runway to, to you know, get over his learning curve. But I just don't like moving up for a quarterback that again i have question marks about how he translates and on top of that if you look at the rest of chad's mock draft i believe two of his first four picks in a four-round mock two of those are offense yeah i'd rather go three one defense simply because that's it you know that's where most of the holes in the Raiders roster are so i'm okay with christian gonzalez even though i've had debates with fans about Christian Gonzalez versus Devin Witherspoon. I prefer Devin Witherspoon. But trading up for a quarterback, again, Chad didn't put what it would cost to move up to that spot. You know, it's to me, it's just moving up for a quarterback that's probably not going to play a meaningful snap until yeah. 2024, giving up draft capital when you have those holes on defense. If you're going to give up draft capital, I would do it for one of the top quarterbacks. In my opinion, again, Hendon Hooker is QB5 in this draft. Well, and, and I, I like Hooker. You're right. <clears throat> I don't like him in the first round. So so mm. I, I said all along, especially with the knee injury, third round, even fourth round, like I, I would have no problem with the Raiders. Uh, with the needs that they have, more likely the fourth round, right, uh, to the point, to point where you're getting a guy. Now, his value is going to be too high. I think somebody will reach and grab him. I don't think it will be in the first round. I don't think the Raiders will make this trade. Uh, but I do think – that he could go in that second round, maybe middle of the second round, yeah. maybe even higher. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. But it's interesting because I, I actually think that Chad's point of view of the Raiders trading into the bottom of the first round may actually come true. But I think it will be to take another defensive player if that defensive player is available, meaning that or they okay. are able to trade up a little bit in the second round even, right? Because we talked about this on the last show, as a matter of fact, saying that we could see them trading into that bottom first, top a second. 
to get a real impact player, especially when you're talking about the defensive backs that are available, especially with some of the defensive tackles and the interior defense that are available. I can see that much more happening. Again, we talked about it in the first segment, Bryce, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Yes. I see them going to get them another quarterback in the first or second round. I don't see it unless something else happens and they grab a guy in the late second or something like that. And, and via another pick and another move, but to me, that's the more realistic expectation. Though I'm not high on Hendon Hooker, I'm with you. I would be more okay if the Rays would have taken Hendon Hooker in the second round. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if I'm trading up for a quarterback, it's going to be for Young or Stroud. I'm not yeah. trading up for any other quarterback. Now, if the Raiders want to trade up for a quarterback, like I said, it, maybe they're interested in Anthony Richardson, interested in his upside, whether you agree with that or not. But if the first two guys are off the board and they're going to trade up. It's not going to be for a defensive player. It's going to be for a quarterback and it will yeah. probably be for Anthony Richardson, but I'm, I'm not trading up for Hinton hooker. I'd rather, I'd rather take him in the second round. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. All right, there you go. Interesting discussion as we roll towards, and just think in a couple weeks, Mo, we'll, we'll know a lot more, won't we? <laughs> I, I can't, like, like you said, I, I'm not heavy into mock drafts because their yeah. guesses as much as our guesses are. Correct. And we get we we're at the point in the offseason where people are just thinking of different scenarios that could happen. I'm I'm just ready for the real deal at this point. <laughs> I am too. Uh the the the, the only reason I brought it up was because I really do think them moving into the bottom of the first and second with the picks that they have, uh, and to the point it's we a possibility. About earlier, yeah, and the point we talked about earlier too, with if they if they were looking to 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 trade a a, a Renfro and draft day or after um, there's possibilities there too, depending on what they want to do. So interesting stuff. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, it is our next draft position preview. We're going to get into tight ends. We'll talk a little bit about the tight ends at the top of the draft. Everybody kind of knows the names. We'll go over those pretty quickly, but then where could the Raiders draft a tight end? The Raiders need a young tight end. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have, they have some holes to fill. They need some depth. They need a young guy to develop at the position. So who might that be? Mo and I will give you some of our selections when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast here in the home stretch, our final segment of this Tuesday edition of the show. My co my co-host, my partner, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. That's Mo Moten. And I am at L V Gully on Twitter. Please interact with us. We got a question for the mailbag, which we have on Thursday, of course, Mo, via Twitter. That was awesome. I love the people. Hey, however you want to get to us, you can mail it to us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com or you can hit up us individually, LV Gully or Momoton on Twitter or the show SNB Today. We'll take your questions however you want to send them. So always good stuff. And we appreciate you guys. And the discussion, right? This discussion, Mo, we're going to talk about tight ends. Of course, the Raiders made some moves. They got rid of Darren Waller. And so the Raiders need, I think, they have to be in the market 
to draft a young tight end. This tight end draft is really good when you especially, I'm not even talking about just the first round. You get past the first into the third and even the fourth round, there's going to be some good tight end selections here. So the Raiders, I think somewhere in that that third, fourth round, depending what happens before, of course, that's the big caveat, uh, will probably look to select one of these young bucks out of one of these schools to try to bring them in and develop them. We know that system, that McDaniel system, likes the tight end. They like to go to that. We understand that from New England, uh, and and there's some young guys out there now. Mo, let's start first of all, top of the draft. When you look at kind of what I would I would consider the three top tight ends in the draft. Of course, you have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. You have Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, go Irish, and you have Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Those are the top three. The way I rank them, all of them great players. All of them most likely going to be gone by the top. First uh, 10, 12 picks of the second round, those three guys. Out of those three guys, though, tell me which guy you like the most and why. I like Don Kincaid the most mm. out of those three guys. I believe he had a breakout year. I believe he had 890 receiving yards. And I believe eight or nine touchdowns. I believe eight touchdowns. I think he's the best pass catcher slightly. Him and Mayer, 1A, 1B. You know, they're both going to be pretty good pass, uh, catching the ball right out of the gate, I think. I'll let you wax poetically about Mayer and your Notre Dame Irish, <laughs> but I think Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid is going to be uh, the top pass catcher in this year's class. Wow. Uh, that's my number one. I have Mayer number two. I actually have Darnell Washington number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people talk about his size. I believe he's like 6'6". Six, six. He looks like a, a NBA he's, forward. He's, he's 6'7", 270. There you go. So he looks like an NBA forward out there on the field, but he's actually a really good run blocker, which is great for the Raiders because you still have Josh Jacobs there. And he would be a great asset on that line. He would be like another offensive lineman to have. So I think Washington, in my opinion, is the third best tight end. I actually have Laporta as the fifth best tight end. And I Mm. have uh, Kraft, Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State. South Dakota State. So so my order is a little bit different, but I didn't. I, I didn't dig too much into um, Kincaid, Mayer, or Darnell Washington on my live stream simply because I was going through sleepers on Monday, and I think those three guys are going to go in the first and second round. So, as you said, I agree with you. I think the Reds are going to draft a tight end in the third round. I wouldn't be surprised if they used that hundred pick that they got in return for Darren Waller to pick a tight end. And I think in that spot, you're going to be looking at Kraft, Tucker Kraft, Sam Laporta. Maybe even Shoemaker out of Michigan, who's my mm. who's another sleeper I have at the tight end position. But I would probably go with Tucker Kraft as my guy at, at pick number 100 if he's available. And then mm. Sam Laporte right behind him. Yeah, and I love Kraft too. I think Kraft will go higher. I think I think my in my view, by the way, I think Washington, if the Raiders were going to have a surprise tight end pick in the and I forgot they're second not down to 100 in the second round, if something happens that they move down, you know, pick pick 70, something like that, um, I, th- I could see Washington. Because to yeah, your point, he's an extra offensive lineman who can catch, and he's not just big like an offensive lineman and he catches balls. He's an athletic that 270. Athletic. And like you said, like, a, like an NBA player, like a, a forward. He is a guy that that is really special. And I think <laughs> I think Kraft there, too, he's going to be in that same ballpark uh, as, as Washington, a little lower maybe in the in the 80s or maybe low set or high 70s something like that and so I don't I don't disagree with you there and I think some of the guys that you look at though if you look at third and into the fourth round 
you, that's probably some of the sleepers you're talking about. So, so mm-hmm. I'll let you get into those. And, and my first guy I want to mention, and I want to get your comment. You may have mentioned it because I didn't catch that part of your live stream, which is, and I hate saying this because I feel like I'm, I'm Mike Mayock and John Gruden on the last two shows <laughs> falling in love with Clemson. But Davis Allen out of Clemson is a guy I think will be around that the Raider, you know, in the one in the one. 120s, 115, 130, depending on where they end up. I know they have that 100th pick. Um, he is a guy, to me, by far has the best ball skills of any tight end in the draft overall, believe it or not. And to me, he's a guy who can do that. Not only that, I think he ran like a 4-8-40 at the combine. So he's quick, too. This is a guy who's big and can handle the ball, so he's going to be sure-handed. What do you think of him? I actually haven't done as much digging as you, so I'll let you, I'll let you headline that one and talk about finding some gems out there. I, you know, I, after the Mayock rumors, yeah, I'm just done with Clemson. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> but when I, when I did my homework, I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm watching the film of this kid, and it was cut-ups, right? Cut-up film. Of course, I'm only getting highlights. Uh, but then I read a, several draft preview stuff before we went on the show, and and all of it pretty much in line with what I saw. And so a special kid there uh, as well. Yeah. One thing I won't do to people is lie to them and act like I, I've watched every prospect in this draft. Right. Like I right. said, I, I'm, if I don't know enough about a prospect, I'm not going to make it up on the, on the fly <laughs> and say, yeah, this prospect is great when I haven't even dug into him. So again, I, I'll let you have the stage on that one. But I guess when, once we get off of here, I'll, I'll take a deeper look at him because mm. I, not a lot of talk about him coming out of yes. so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had him uh, looking through everything. I had him in my kind of top 10, near the bottom of the top 10. But I'm going based on where the Raiders might, and by my projection, where they might draft a tight end. They could draft higher. Uh, but what do you what, tell me some of your guys that you mentioned on Bleach Report? Tell me some of your dark horses for the Raiders at tight end. Well, I guess Sam Laporta and, and Tucker Craft aren't dark horses, but when you're coming out of South Dakota State, people aren't going to give you a lot of pub because in certain mock drafts, I, I've seen I've seen Craft anywhere between the second round and the fourth fourth round. Now, at Bleach Report, mm-hmm. our scouts have him in the second round. I, I took a peek at um, Pro Football Focus, and they're saying he's a he's a third rounder. And if you look at some mock drafts, they say he's a fourth round. I think that's a bit too low. I think he's definitely a day two prospect, but a lot of people are going to overlook him be- again because he's coming from South Dakota State, forgetting that Dallas Goddard has been a successful sure. or productive tight end out of South Dakota State. So I think Kraft is 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 not he's not a peak athletic tight end, but he's a rough and tough tight end. And he has a size that he's over. 250 pounds mm-hmm. he can give you something in the blocking game as well he's a better contested catcher than sam laporta and i think that's the main difference for me is that sam laporta although he's a good pass catcher not very good at catching balls in traffic he's going to have to work on that if he's going to be an asset in the red zone because you know that's when it gets, gets crowded a lot of bodies so he's going to have to learn how to use his body use his frame to get those contested balls and if he does that i think he could be a tight end one in the league the thing I love about Kraft, Mo, is his ability to break tackles. Uh, that was yes. evident in the mm-hmm. film as you watch him. Now, I know mm-hmm. you might say, oh, it's South Dakota State. It doesn't matter, though. He breaks tackles, and I think that that is something important for that position. It gets you those extra yards. You know, The difference in two yards in the NFL on the tight end on a quick pass out to the sideline or to the middle, wherever you may be doing it, could be a first down. I like that, and I think you're right, that toughness. He's not the mm-hmm. biggest guy. Right, he's not going to look like the most athletic tight end, but
but he catches the ball well. He runs routes well as a tight end. He can block well as well. He's not, he's not, I wouldn't say a premier blocker, but he is a good blocker. And so to me, you look at him and you say, wow, this kid, he's he's kind of that alpha dog that we you would love to root for. And and I think just fits the Raiders kind of attitude. What you're looking for in a tight end is even if he's not the best blocker at this stage in his career going into NFL, is he a willing blocker? Is he willing to stick willing. his nose in there? And I think that's what Kraft is willing to do because he has that toughness about him. Whereas Sam Laporta, I think with, with his pass catching, you talked about Kraft's ability to break tackles. Sam Laporte is a little more of a slippery guy where he's going to rack up yards as a catch by getting away from guys. I think he's a little little better than Kraft in that, in that aspect. So, again, there are some differences. There are some similarities between the two. But I think those are the two guys. If the Raiders aren't going to pick a tight end in the first or second round, I think both those yeah. guys are going to be available early in the third round at the very latest. Absolutely. And um, a couple other guys that I look at too, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan is another guy. He's not, again, he's not going to be a guy who's special, but he does have some breakaway speed to get him past line. I can see him pulling away from linebackers in the NFL. So he's a guy I like as well. But again, I think 35 catches, maybe 400 some yards um, uh, his final season at Michigan. Uh, didn't score a lot, but that's okay. I think you look at you look at players as developmental. You look at where they could do it. Past that, anybody else lower on? I have I have one dark horse only because I saw him play here in Cincinnati, and that is uh, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, who's a guy I could see going way late in the draft, so five or six. And I know those guys have a, a up and down whether or not they're going to make it. But uh, I went deep on my list there, and he's just a guy that I've seen play. Look at that. Scott's a tight end specialist on this show. I, you know what I'm surprised? Neither of us have mentioned Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Oh, and, yes. I, and I think it's and I think it's because Luke Musgrave's pass catching numbers aren't great. Right. So you're like, well, the, if the Raiders are looking for a pass catcher, it's not going to be Luke Musgrave. But I, I think that he deserves at least an honorable mention because <clears throat> he's he's a top five tight end in a mm -hmm. lot of people's um, draft rankings. So Luke Musgrave, just a name to put out there. One of our listeners out there, Annie, she's a Luke Musgrave guy, and I know she's uh, been touting his name. I, I believe she's in, he's played in her neck of the woods, maybe, or she's just had a, an affinity for Oregon State tight ends. But I think Luke, Luke Musgrave is a guy who may be more of a balanced guy, more of a blocker that you're looking for if, you, if you're going that route. Yeah, and I think one other guy to watch, uh, because he was one of those combine freaks, and that's Zach Kuntz out of mm -hmm. Old Dominion, okay? Yep. The guy was a beast, right? But again, it's one of those combine things. It's the kind of guy you have to take kind of a flyer on and say, okay, I mean, I'm thinking fifth, sixth round here. I'm not thinking that he's going to be a, a top four round pick, uh, but he had a great, great combine. And so you look at these guys and when you get to that level of the draft, you really are just kind of gambling. I mean, it really is. It's red or black. You're throwing your money on the roulette table <laughs> and and hoping somebody sticks, right? Four, the first four rounds, a little different when you get to five, six and beyond, it's it's one or five and six. You get you get to the point where you're kind of just looking at raw talent and saying, "Hey, sort of like an Anthony Richardson." Yeah, maybe. Um, I know everybody wants to draft him in the first round, but anyway. So so I think that this tight end group, though, again, as you can see from what we discussed, Mo, third, fourth, even into the fifth round, you have some guys who who can be NFL roster players, in my view. Yeah, it's definitely a deep tight end class. I know a lot of fans are some fans are sore about the Raiders trading Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. A lot behind that story, but 
if you ever needed a tight end, this would be the class to need it in because, as you said, there's there's guys at the top that I think can contribute right away. There are guys in the middle rounds that I think can come in and contribute right away. So the Raiders can find their replacement. I'm not saying they're a full replacement for Darren Wall, a guy that's going to do everything Darren Wall did in the passing game. But let's be honest, Darren Waller wasn't the best blocker, and I think they can get right. more out of one of the prospects in this class <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah, and it's interesting. We're, we're at that time before the draft where, where things can get kind of kooky, right? We, we've talked about some of the mock draft trades that we which had writer earlier from, from NFL.com and whatnot. But, Mo, we're going to, on this show, continue to delve into the players as we move on later in the week. And then, of course, as we get some guests on, Next week, we talked about Baldy coming on on the 20th, and we have other guests coming on as well to start to break down some of this because how, you know, the draft is really an interesting, um, I think, dynamic, especially if you're the Raiders with all the needs they have because whatever happens before you and whatever other moves are made, they can have ripple effects, right? You don't know where some guys are on the board of other teams, and suddenly there's a guy you got to have, and guess what? Somebody above you need has the same need, and suddenly you find yourself having to give up capital or having to give up players, whatever, to go get the guy you need. And so I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because, again, this is Dave Ziegler and his coaching staff and his scouting staff. This is their full first complete draft, meaning they have the first rounder, they have the second rounder. They did not have that last year with the Devontae Adams trade. So this is going to be fascinating to see how they go. And I know everybody will be fixated at the top of the first round and what they do there. But remember where the Raiders, yes, they blew a round of first round picks under the previous regime, but where they really fell backward in the, in the way of player development was not drafting well with the exception of a couple players, i.e. Renfro and Crosby in those middle rounds. Absolutely. I'm just, like I said, I've had conversations with, Raider fans over social media and it, it's kind of disheartening that a lot of fans just aren't interested in this draft as much as I think not that I, not that I think they should be because fans can do what they want however you want to you know sure. fan and, and be interested that's up to you but I I just think there should be a little more excitement about this year's draft but I get the the the, the I don't want to say depression but the skepticism around Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler to not get it right Right. Raiders fans have dealt with a lot of crap draft classes, so I get that too. And and let's be honest, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler haven't really earned their trust to say, okay, I think they could draft well and, and have, you know, five stars, four stars from this class. But I, I, I just want to stress to Raiders fans out there listening that let's remember that the fault of Reggie McKenzie's classes and John Gruden and Mayak's classes, you can't put that on Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels. Right. Dave Ziggler had one year where he's in charge of the draft with the Patriots, and he had one year at the Raiders where he didn't have his first or second round pick. All I'm saying is that with the amount of picks that the Raiders have and the, and the talent in this year's draft class, there is something to be excited about. Because, again, if Ziggler can hit on a handful of these picks or even four of these picks, you're working with something here. And if if as bad, and I mentioned early, this early in the show, as bad as the last two regimes have been at drafting, They've been able to find some some, some high caliber players. Yeah. Khalil Mack. I know people want to say Khalil Mack fell to the Raiders. I mean, he came out of Buffalo. Right. Didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of buzz. I mean, he he had some buzz, but could you had really said this guy is going to be an All Pro player and Defensive Player of the Year candidate? Max Crosby coming in 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 the fourth round. If those if those regimes can get players at that level, you know, at four from Buffalo. 
and in the middle of the draft in 2019, this class can can pick up some gems. And I and I think this is a time, as I said on Twitter, you can gripe about the Patriot way and former Patriots all you want. But the regime this regime, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler, it boils down to how well they draft this year and yeah. next year. And yes, they will probably be around next year because I don't see Mark Davis pulling the plug on this group after two years unless Josh McDaniels loses the locker room. And Mo, remember, I understand Raider Nation and their their idea, and I think it's actually smart that they are managing their own expectations. Yeah. They're they're assuming oh, yeah. the worst and hoping for the best, <laughs> right? They they just are, and and I get it after the number of years, and I have fans tell me all the time on Twitter, I get it. So I understand. I don't think it's a bad strategy for them. So so if they you know if they screw up the number seven pick or wherever they pick, if they move up whatever it is, um, then they're gonna say, yeah, see, here we go again. If they don't, then maybe, just maybe, we'll start to see some excitement about the the rest of the draft after we get past day one, especially, uh, and see what goes on there. But but I get it. I understand it. And and listen, Dave Ziegler's got a lot to prove. He does. Him. They, they have to put together a draft class. They have to show, I think, a large step forward. I'm not saying they're going to win a division, but I'm saying they need to fill spots. They need to find young talent that show out in camp and then, of course, show out next football season it's going to be interesting to watch and of course we're going to be here with all of you doing it as well mo i know you got a lot of stuff going up on bleacher report this coming week what else you got for folks to look out for i actually have a another raiders live stream show coming up on the 17th the same time 6 p.m on monday and then it gets into the nitty-gritty i i think I'm going to have a piece on fact or fiction because you know what happens a week out of the draft or a week and a half outside of the draft. You hear all sorts of rumors. So I'll help you guys and gals out there sort out what's fact and what's fiction, in my opinion. What should you look at as a smokescreen and what could be closer to the truth and reality? That's right. So make sure you follow Mo on Twitter. I'll put it up there on the screen for those of you on YouTube. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. It's always a pleasure to talk with all of you and Mo, of course, always to be with my friend on the air talking about Raiders football. We'll see you on Thursday, my man. Absolutely. Chin up, Raider Nation. Be, be a little <laughs> more excited about the track because, you know, big things could happen. That's right. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday. For all of you, uh, thank you for being with us. Again, one more plea for you. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just search Silver and Black today. Hit subscribe. Put on your auto download on your phone, whether you're on an iPhone, Android, wherever. Just do that for us. For those of you on YouTube, hit subscription. Hit the notifications bell so you know every time we have a new video. Also, a thumbs up is there. It's great. Thank you all again for the lively chat in here on YouTube. It's always great. We appreciate you being with us. For our producer, David Stepanian, for my co-host, Mo Moten, I am Skalkel Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey podcast. Have a great week, everybody.